Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. This all is, right. All right, all right. This is our weekly Starstock episode, and... I enjoy these. I really, really, really like these. I'm excited for the growth of Starstock personally. Uh, and I'm going to bring you guys some news here in a second. Uh, but first, I want to welcome our Luca Nation community back. Jeez, my hat is destroyed. Uh, to Luca's Tigers and Bronze. Oh, my. Uh, and, Cage, I'll kick it over to you in just a second. But my PSA sub popped. Thank you, Sasha Tomlin. I appreciate your help. Yes, it did. And now it's in the hands of a friend, a friend who helps me with so many things. He helps me to sub and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, do I send these cards to Wharf? By the way, amazing service, guys. If you're looking for a hobby consigner, Wharf is a great choice. But I'm also going to Starstock, and I realized there's a Spring Slabs promo. Cage, have you seen this? Yep, as long as you get in by May 31st, right? They're giving you a refunding shipping and bonus money, depending on how many slabs you send in. Which is kind of amazing because if you think about it, you could have one sub with PSA with 10 slabs, and those are the expensive ones. This was one of the slabs where it was like Tatum Hoops, Tyler Hero Prism, uh, I, I can't remember, and a few other of these low-end cards. But I probably have 50, 60 uh, cards in slabs, and I'm looking here. It's, we'll refund you shipping up to 20 bucks, and depending on how many you send in, if you send in 25 slabs, you get a $10 bonus credit. 50 slabs, $30, 75, you get 60, and 100 plus slabs, you get 100 bucks. So I'm sitting here thinking, is it worth sending to a consigner, dealing with returns, all this stuff for, these are low-end cards, right? These are base cards. Take a chance, send them to Starstock, and see what happens. So I wanted to open up this episode with that. I'm a, in this case, these are going to Starstock. Uh, I wanted to open up with that before we get into all the data and things like that. I'm going to take advantage of it myself because I have, you know, I have cards I sent in, you know, a while back. You know, you get the returns and there's, you know, a, a PSA 8 or a 9 of a Gavin Lux Chrome or something like that. Stuff that, you know, by the time you get rid of it on eBay and <clears throat> you're paying 13%, forget about it. But, you know, on Starstock now, you know, you might be able to, you know, get a couple bucks and plus it's now part of a, part of a promotion. You know, you got PSA 9s. I got a bunch of 1920 prisms that are not 10s. You know, 9s of Cameron Johnson, you know, <clears throat> guys like that. I get, you know, uh, a couple 9s of Kevin Porter Jr., you name it. So why not? Send them in, stack them up, mail them out, do what you got to do. I think it works. I'm definitely going to send some in myself. Here's where it gets really funny with this week's data. Kyle Kuzma. This has to be an outlier. Someone got drunk and, and, and made a made a ridiculous purchase because his his cards went up two hundred twenty five percent. That's got to be an outlier. Well, he was the only one playing. Remember, he had that one game there in the week where he scored like twenty something points. You know, and and when your when your cards so his cards, if you remember, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give um, um, Luca Nation Conrad a little credit here because if you remember last week, his episode had. You know, a couple guys who were beaten down for no reason, and Kuzma was one of them, right? And his cards were like ten bucks, ten bucks, ten bucks, and they went down to four bucks. And if you look at his graphic, that Conrad does a really good job of, you know, every week take a look. And you know, obviously, you know, he's part of this episode here. 
you know, he basically was like, look, you know, there's no reason for it to go down. We were talking about Markel Fultz was another one, if, if, if memory served. And, you know, he's been injured the whole year. And then all of a sudden, you know, basketball dropped, you know, for some reason. People were trying to, I guess, empty their stuff out. So clearly somebody was able to buy that Kuzma low. And then he had a good game. And, uh, you know, if the card goes from from four bucks to ten bucks back to where it was, that's, you know, it's a 200, 200 and change increase. So it's justified. Um I wouldn't be buying Kuzma cards myself, but, uh, but you know, you can see how it would jump like that. The craziest thing that stood out to me was Cassius Winston. You want to talk about that? I'm a fan. I watched him play a lot at uh, Michigan State. He was, he was on the older side, too. It's interesting. The hobby doesn't love, typically, guys that come out of college after three, four years. Have you noticed that? Yep. But, and, and sometimes they don't even get a lot of play in the beginning. Like, Devontae was a great example of that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you really think about it, who's more NBA ready? 18, 19 year old Jameis, uh, Jameis Wiseman. I was going to say Jameis Winston. <laughs> Jameis Winston. <laughs> uh, James Winston. Or, you know, someone like Cassius Winston who could legit run a second unit in the NBA. He's smart. He's got, he's got game. So uh, I'm a big fan. I remember watching him on Michigan State and just being like, this guy's really smart. He has a really high basketball IQ. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of interesting names. Okoro was one of your plays, star stock play. Mm-hmm. He's on the top five players by sale. Xavier Tillman, another late draft, another another guy that, you know, I remember pulling his cards, autos in uh, in both hoops and in prison draft and be like, oh, man, that's not the guy you want. Obviously, somebody wants him. There were 363 of his cards sold last week on star stock. So that's interesting. The one thing, though, that stuck out the most for me was <clears throat> we saw the there was a halt to baseball. I mean, this yep. kind of goes exactly the way you would think, right? Like we said, baseball was going to pick up. Baseball was going to be the, the leader. But like anything else, right, the basketball playoffs are starting at a time where baseball season has got underway. We're a month into it. Everybody looks at baseball and says, we got a long season ahead of us. It's boring. It's that dog days of summer starting up, you know? I could get back week. in. I could yeah. get in and get out. And yep. same, relatively the same price. Absolutely. Yeah, there's more action now in basketball. You buy a basketball guy who's going to make a playoff run and there's you know more potential upside. Whereas you know in baseball, it's just you know the playoffs, the all-star break is far away, let alone the playoffs. So, dude, having fun with your hat? You do- <laughs> I, I washed it in the washer and just got destroyed. I, 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 if you guys have a hat company out there or if there's any nice hats, I, I'm in the market. I'm in a dire need, so send me some, uh, send me some links. Or send me a sample. I'll tell you, we just had the Rally C co-founder. I don't want to say C, co-founder uh, and chief product officer, Rob, on that's going to be airing Thursday. But he said something really great. He said, history repeats itself. History leaves trends and patterns. So I'm looking at the top of the data, and it's the sales breakdown by sport. Mm-hmm. Football, baseball, basketball. Yep. And these, I think if nothing else, guys, tune in for just this breakdown because it's a great piece of kind of macro analysis on the whole market. And what you're seeing is football dropped 7.9% week over week. Baseball dropped 2.3% week over week. And basketball is up 10.2% week over week. And and what does that suggest? It just suggests that there's more basketball buyers heading into playoffs. It's a trend that we've seen year over year over year. Where you back up three, four, five weeks before opening day, baseball was was on the, on the up and up because people were buying more baseball. The point is, if you understand and spot these trends early on, you can become aware of them moving forward and you could get ahead of them. So that's things that I think are incredibly, incredibly valuable. You guys, you know, we have uh, Conrad 
at the end of this segment, he goes into a deep dive into MBA. But I'm a big, big, big trend follower, pattern recognition. And I think this is an incredible pattern to catch. So can I tell you something I noticed? And this is an odd one, right? And it's 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 something I noticed in my own account. And I'm glad the data is there to back it up. So so guys, don't miss what's being said there, right? You know, football's down. The next thing is going to be football, right? So mm -hmm. you should be looking at football now, right? And then baseball when playoffs are starting. If you're looking at baseball way in advance of that playoffs starting, people – you know, the prices will perk up when people start getting interested in, in these things. So let me tell you something I noticed on my account, and then I'm glad that we have, you know, the access to this data because I don't know what's causing it. I have no idea because I can't explain it. Other than we're heading towards the end of the basketball season and maybe people are getting a little more run than they otherwise would have. And these are guys that don't necessarily have cards in all the products. So I noticed on my account, and we're talking low end, star stock C's, you know, some star stock B's, 10 cent, 15, 20 cent cards of draft picks, prism draft picks are selling. I probably made a dozen 2020 prism draft pick sales in the last week or so of low end, you know, or, you know, guys, I, you know, I don't, I don't even really, you know, they're not going to pan out. Who knows? But they also, you know, they have regular cards, you know, the, the draft picks were the ones that I sent in Christmas time when no one had any other cards other than draft picks. And it was weird. I mean, I don't know if there's somebody out there scooping up all the draft pick cards or maybe it's, you know, um, they're cheap by comparison or, you know, there are guys who have draft pick cards like Cassius Winston, you know, like Xavier Tillman who are, who are, you know, prominently in those prism draft that you can get their cards instead of paying dollars, you can pay pennies for them. Um, but I noticed that a lot of my draft pick cards sold. And if you look at the top five brands by sales, Topps Baseball Series 1 is still there, but do you see what number 2 and number 5 are? Number 2 is 2020 Prism Draft Picks Basketball, ahead of 1920 Prism Basketball, the actual Prism stuff. Um, and then you have, you have uh, at number 5, 2019 Prism Draft Picks Basketball. So, I, I, like I said, I don't know what's behind that. I wish I did. I, like I said, I don't know if people are just scooping up bargain price cards at 10 cents a pop you know, from accounts like mine. But I noticed that myself. Those are selling. So I think there's not a, there's not many Lamelo or Edwards or Halliburton Prism base the true the first rookie cards in grading. Also, Starstock no longer accepts raw cards without a surcharge. And most of those cards that you pulled out of a pack, you're going to be sending to SGC, HGA, PSA, even maybe if you're willing to pay that express version, and you're not going to be sending them to Starstock. And more than likely, if they're graded, you're probably going to have to unload them quickly to get your money back. So there's not many Prism, the true Prism, not the draft picks, on Starstock. And, but that's not going to stop a speculator or an investor from wanting to have some stake in the game in uh, Luca or uh, not Luca, sorry, Lamelo draft picks going into the playoffs. So I, I think it might be a little bit of that. But I, I'm also surprised because historically, draft picks gets no love. No love at all. Uh, and there's, I guess there's some volume. Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's number number two and number five in top five brands by sales. I think of all the kinds of cards that are out there, you know, and this is not by people putting them in. This is by actual sales volume. So people are buying these. So, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm interested because I noticed it myself in my own account. I think the direction and guys, we have to remember, I mean, star stocks, what I mean, it's a toddler. It's, it's a baby company. It's just learning how to walk. Probably hasn't even said its first word. If it was a, if it was a baby, I think the direction that they're going 
And really what they're focused on is going to be graded cards. And I think you're going to see a lot of deals and opportunities to buy into cards, uh, graded cards and PSA 10 are recognizable, really high level players at 10, 20, 30% of eBay comps. And if you could be sitting there liquid and have the cash on hand, especially if you make a smart, a few smart plays, I think you're going to be able to steal, steal some deals. Makes sense. A hundred percent. Especially as seasons change with these things, right? People don't know what they're doing with the uh, with their accounts in Starstock all the time. You know, people want to switch up what they're doing. They see just like you know, you're, you're seeing the numbers with switching towards basketball. You know, maybe somebody you know had their account swing towards baseball, and now they want to swing something out of baseball and and try to get something you know some skin in the game on basketball going into the place. You might be able to buy some of their baseball stuff cheap now, but just because they're trying to reposition something in their Starstock portfolio. So there's definitely bargains to be had there, 100%. I'd also say you guys probably sit there and you guys have noticed how many new companies have come, in to, have come into the hobby, right? Well, if you really think about it, the hardest company to create is a marketplace because you have to find double both sides, right? You have to have the supply side and the demand side, and they're both kind of related to each other. They both rely on each other, right? When there's too much supply and not enough demand, people, the sellers are like, yo, Starstock, why would we send you cards if no one's buying them? If there's not enough cards and there's too much demand, well, prices are astronomical and people are like, well, I'm not going to buy at that price. I'm just going to go to eBay. So creating a marketplace, unlike you know some of the other businesses that start up that only have customer acquisition from one end, like Rally or collectible, you know, they only need to acquire customers. And on the other side, they just need to buy the artifact, buy the card. Starstock is a platform, a marketplace that I think will take two, three years to develop. And if they develop it the right way, it will have a ton of success and you will benefit from the long-term view that you had in 2021. So I really believe that. I really do. Whether that's Starstock or only someone else, I don't know. I'm not going to be here sitting here and making predictions like that. But I will say creating a marketplace is an infinitely more difficult game than starting up other businesses in the hobby. And that's why I think if you're early on, you're able to spot deals, spot trends, learn how the platform works. It, again, it doesn't have to be your entire bankroll. It just doesn't have to be your entire bankroll. It could be one, two, three, four percent just to dabble, just to have some skin in the game. I think you will really benefit short-term potentially, but really on the long-term. Listen, I agree, and the platform is really easy to use, but i got to ask you about one of your favorite players, LeBron James. What do you really think? No, I'm just kidding. So um, number two on our top performers list um, this time around here, this week, one of your favorite players is uh, Cam Reddish. <laughs> Up 46% from last week. What do you think, man? You think, you know, are you, are you now a seller? Is that running too much? Was he just too cheap? Did he have a couple of good games? What's what's this, what's the Cam Reddish detail? How does he break into that lineup? Where is his role? Well, John Collins is actually right behind him in the in the top performance too. So people are obviously on this and uh, investing in, in the Hawks, making a, a little bit of a playoff run, but not buying Trey Young. I would be looking. So what happens in the playoffs is rotations shrink. Okay, so like... I don't know if you guys see this, but like Coach Budholzer, he plays 14 guys. He plays like 12 guys sometimes. It's, it's freaking asinine. He plays so many freaking players. Well, that's not going to happen in the playoffs. So I would be looking at guys whose numbers will go up with more minutes in the playoffs, right? Because what you're going to start seeing is 
six, seven, eight man rotations in the playoffs as opposed to going 12, 13, 14. So like a Cam Reddish to me seems like a 10, 11 guy on that team this year, especially with Chris Dunn. Like I just don't where what's the value he brings in that rotation. And if the, there's any, it's going to be on the defensive end. So I see no upside with a guy like that. Whereas you take John Collins, and now instead of maybe getting, I don't know, he probably gets like 28, 29 minutes a game, he's going to have 34, 35, 36. And you're going to see more uh, more statistical improvement from that. And that's a guy I would buy into versus a Cam Reddish. And I, I don't like Cam Reddish as a prospect in general. But, but more than that is there's just going to be guys that are not going to get a ton of time in the rotations as the playoffs come up. It's just the reality of how NBA works. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? You can expect the guys who are doing good to do slightly better. They're going to get more minutes. So staying on topic, do you see who number four of the top five players by sales were? Uh, sales value? Sales count. Sales count. Jared Culver. Who is that? Who the F is Jared Culver? It's a throwback <laughs> to one of our early episodes. Because he, he was one of my plays, guys. Andrew was like, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> You love those. The, guys, if you go back and listen to those OG episodes, like the pilot episode, like the first week, I'm curious, like our OG listeners, like have we improved? Have we gotten worse? Do you guys like it more? Do you like it less? Because that feels like light years. Like that feels so long ago. That feels so long ago. That but was that the was title. The title of ago. the episode, Who the F is Jerry Colfer, was actually the title of an episode. It was a lot of fun. He's actually like, he's, he's not a bad little player. Worst performers, no surprises, right? Zion Williamson, injured and done. Jaron Jackson Jr. unceremoniously comes back and has not really put up much in the way of stats at all. I would buy Jaron Jackson Jr. So he might be a nice – if they miss the playoffs, he might be a nice offseason buy because he just really has stumbled here towards the end of the season. To me, it's not even close. He's the best player on that team. It's not – it's like it's so far out of the realm. He's a big man, which kind of is difficult. I was just going to say that. Can you know, speaking from experience, can you talk about how big guys get no love? Well, you get love. You're a big guy. You're <laughs> shrinking. You're losing weight. Congratulations, down uh, five point five, and last week, and then you lost five point more, five point five more pounds. Um, so you get enough love. You get enough love for all of us. But the hobby, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it because the big man today he doesn't even play like a big man. He pl- he plays on the perimeter. He's one of the best spot up three point shooters in the game. Yep. Do you know that? Yeah, no, he's over forty percent, right? So, but here's my my favorite one, right? And he's six so, eleven. So this one's got to shock you because I know you have love for this guy. So here we know you like Zion, and he's on the worst performers list. I know you love Jared Jackson, but to round out the top three worst performers, one of your favorite players, Lonzo Ball. I mean, that's not fair. He, 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 did you see the ball battle, the battle of the ball brothers? I mean, LaMelo really looked significantly better than Lonzo. I'm sure that surprises no one. His stat line was significantly better. Look at you. You're at a loss for words because I said you like Lonzo Ball when you really don't. Well, I'm actually still look, I'm looking at Jaron Jackson's stats. Do you know he shoots eight threes a game? Well, Dwight Howard took a bunch of threes the other day too, but, you know, some of them were air balls. So I'm just saying he should be shooting them. Obviously, this season he's played nine games, so you can't really. And he's coming back from an injury, and all. It's really hard to come back at this time of year. But last year, he, sh- he last year he played fifty-seven games, um, three point two makes, eight point two attempts a game for uh, on on the three-point line. That's wild for a big man, Lonzo. Lonzo is this confusing character because his game has improved a lot. 
And by the way, the Pelicans have a really good shooting coach that people swear by, and he, he, he's worked with Lonzo on a shot. And you see it. He's a better player. At the same time, I think there's still the stench, and I use that word very uh, intentionally, from his, from his dad. I'm putting Cage to sleep. Wake up. Uh, and I think there's like this brand around Lonzo that's so polarizing. Like there's the OGs that still met, like they're like Lonzo's good. He's, he's I like Lonzo. There's a lot of people that dislike Lonzo. That whole family. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, Lamelo gets but a lot it's not of all, yeah. Lamelo is. The, I don't see any of that stench rubbing off on Lamelo. That's no good. You know. I mean, how, how does how does it stick on one and not on the other? I don't know, but it does. It really, really, really <laughs> does. Because maybe like Lamelo's like childlike and very like. People like like he's always smiling and giggling. He's like that guy that is like you want even if you wanted to hate, it's really difficult to hate. And where's him. the other ball? Where's Fredo ball? What's the other guy? The one that didn't Fredo. the one that didn't make it. Where's where's Fredo? You know, I mean, obviously Sonny and, the, and Michael they the did they did their thing. The, the Pistons, Fredo ball plays for the Pistons. Really, the third one is no. he in like the G League? Like, is he doing anything? Is he is he you know resurrecting the big baller brand? What do we got going down with the what's his name, Leangelo? What's his name? Something like that, right? Lafredo? No. It's a Godfather <laughs> reference. Come on. Stick with me. I know movies are not your thing. That's a Godfather. Well, I've seen Godfather. Okay. So you know who Fredo is, right? Yeah. He's Godfather. smart. He can do Godfather. things. He can play basketball. <laughs> I just don't think Leangelo is very good. All right. Well, you know, he didn't make any of our lists this week on the uh, – so here's another fun one, right? The emerging index and the baseball index, both down. Both down 7 and 2%, something like that. Shows kind of like the overall, you know, the overall strength, the overall market conditions. But uh, if I had to make a prediction, I think we're going to see a reversal of that coming up, especially with the basketball playoffs coming up. I think we're going to see people starting to buy back into the basketball stuff, and I think we're going to see the, uh, the index start to move up. So, I think so, too. I think... I think it's oh, it's been down. I mean, this week is down a little bit more, but like those marginal, like when it's down one, two, three percent, a lot of that is just they're they need to create liquidity on the marketplace. Yep. That seems like an obvious thing, but obviously, but it's not the easiest thing to do either. So sometimes it's like there's no liquidity, the sellers can't hold out, and they drop the price to really find a buyer. Like you saw the Acuna cards, is two hundred two two hundred six and two hundred real market value for that card? More than likely not. Uh, I think the, the seller just wanted the cash, and he was like, damn, I, I just got to get my money out. So I, I understand it. I, I think it needs to find a bit more of a liquidity equilibrium. You heard right. that? I coined that term. Liquidity equilibrium? That's yours? That's your, uh, that's your new phrase? All right. I mean, it works. I, mean, I get it. I don't even know what it means, but it just sounds good. It sounds provocative. Dude, the people combine, combine a couple words together and make it sound good. Cardboard relevant. You know, they just, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I own that Instagram handle, so if you would like, make me a generous offer. Oh, no, you don't. But, <laughs> but it would be nice if you did. All right, well, listen, this has been fun. We got Sam Conrad, um, Luca Nation Conrad. We got his, uh, you know, his analysis this week as well. Um, and, yeah, man, any, any final thoughts as we, uh, you know, we probably have one more Star Stock episode before the playoffs actually start. But any thoughts as we as we head into the playoffs? Do you have your own maybe, you know, a person? John Collins was a great idea, but it sounds like people are already on him because he's the number three top performer. He's already up 70%. Got any other suggestions like that? Somebody you think might show up during the playoffs? 
two things. Um, this year with the NBA has been really tough. There's so many freaking injuries, man. There's so many injuries to key guys. It's it's really, I, I get it. I get it. It's 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 tough. I don't predict. I am curious to see the matchups, and then I try to capitalize on the matchups. If that makes sense. So it's hard to say. Like, it, it's just it's really tough to say. It, it, it depends. It really just depends on the matchups. Like Tyler Hero could have, and the Heat could have been bounced in the playoffs last year if they if they, for example, if they faced the Sixers. I think that would have been a really tough matchup for them. But they got the Bucs. So, so you'll reserve judgment until you see the matchups. I mean, it makes sense. You don't want to be betting on somebody who could have a bad matchup and be an early exit. You know? Right. And I really want to be betting on someone who, like, Trey Young would be a guy I would bet on if he got a favorable matchup. So I'm going to throw a name out there just because his, his stuff, you know, it ran a little bit, but it hasn't gone crazy. And it's, it's really just kind of like one of these low-risk, high-reward guys. Um, Claxton, Nick Claxton on the Nets, right? I don't see them having an early exit no matter who they match up with in the first round. You know, I'm not saying they're definitely winning a championship. I don't see they're really going to be, um, you know, going to be bounced out. You know, maybe they don't make the, the finals. Who knows? But, you know, they'll, be, they'll have to play off run. And all it takes is him to show up and have any kind of stats because no one's looking for it, especially with the big three there. And you could be buying a card for, you know, for very little and be selling it immediately on that one night for a, you know, a decent return. So that's the kind of play I'd be looking for on star stock. You know, not, you don't have to lay too much to kind of bet on somebody like that. And I think, you know, there'll be opportunities for them. Like, like I love it. I like Nick Claxton a lot. Like last, last bubble, the, the, the heat played Indiana and then they got Milwaukee. Right, and then they, they met Boston in the conference finals. But if the Heat would have matched up with Toronto, or the Heat would have matched up with Philly, that may not have been as convenient for them. So, like another one is Trey Young. Like I, I really am curious to see Hawks Knicks. That's going to be an interesting matchup because the Knicks are the darlings of the year. But I think I don't think the Knicks can beat the Hawks. I, I really don't think that's a favorable matchup for them because the Hawks can put up some points. And then the Hawks are kind of gritty as well with uh, Nate McWillian and coach. So that's just one example. The second thing is, I want to say, I've made money on Starstock buying graded cards. I got Mbappe for 960 bucks. It's in my vault. It, it's not a liquid card, but it's a $1,400 card right now. I got a Cunha cheap. So I, I've lost money on raw cards, but I've, I've been like a sniper in the grass and I found some really good deals when it comes to, to graded cards. Yeah, so I'll say that. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it that. I'll, maybe next week. So next Tuesday, we'll do another Star Stock episode. I'll try to be more prepared with, like, who do I think is a good play for the playoffs in the NBA? Or will it uh, be too late? No, that's fine. No, we got – it's the, you know, the play-in starts a week from today, actually, I think. The, the play-in tournament, the 18 to the 22nd, I think, 18 to the 22nd. So Can I you feel it? And you know. Guys, stay tuned. So Conrad is going to break down the NBA star stock index and talk a lot about that. Maybe he has some some diamonds in the rough. The kid knows NBA. He doesn't agree with my take with LeBron, and we're riffing right now. We're not happy with each other. But, you know, as any high school relationships, by Friday, people forget. 
What's up, Luca Nation? Uh, it's Conrad here, and obviously things are looking a little bit differently. I decided to change the setup. That way, rather than like looking over the entire time when I'm talking because my computer was over here and the camera was over here, the computer was over here and the camera was over here, I can actually kind of look at you guys. So if I'm looking at the screen, at least it doesn't feel quite as awkward, or I can look directly into the camera and still kind of see what's going on on the computer screen. But regardless, here's another segment for the Starstock uh, episode I'm going to be going to be breaking down the emerging 30 index that they have for basketball so let me share my screen real quick here for those of you that want access to the entire index rather than of course just you know the four or five guys i'll be talking about today go to starstock.com you'll be on their homepage. scroll down just a little bit and uh, you'll see the nba emerging 30 index you can click view the index and you'll have all 30 guys at your disposal rather than of course just a few few guys that i'll be talking about today excuse me i just burped slightly <laughs> um so actually there's a couple of guys or actually really just one main guy that i want to talk about uh that's on the index that i did not write about in the uh in the article that i that i wrote so let's talk about him real quick as you can tell if you are looking at the screen right now uh, obviously if you're listening to this on spotify or apple Podcasts, you probably can't see the screen but we saw a pretty pretty massive jump percentage wise from kyle kuzma now here's something that i do want to point out it is so much easier for a low dollar item to double than a high dollar item, right? Because if even if even if a one dollar item goes to two dollars, then you look at another item that goes from a hundred dollars to two hundred dollars, that one hundred dollar to two hundred dollar jump, that is a lot more difficult to accomplish than a one dollar to a two dollar jump. Um, because of just the numbers, right? While they are both equal to a 100% increase in both cases, it's a lot easier to just pay an extra dollar for something rather than paying an extra $100 for something that was previously, you know, at whatever price it was before, right? It just comes down to the amount of money that it still costs, the amount of dollars that you'll be paying uh, for the item. And so even though the the percentage might seem insane, especially in this case that we're going to talk about, um, it's not quite as ridiculous as it may seem, especially when you put things into context, because for context, uh, we saw an, an, an anomaly of a, of a couple of sales or an anomaly of a drop last last week. And we talked about it uh, with Kyle Kuzma going from $16 to $4, a 75% decrease, which at the time I thought was insane. We had never seen a percentage drop like that, even for low dollar items or low ticket items like, of course, Kyle Kuzma's cards, um, which I still thought was insane, right? But now we see that $4 item go to $13, which is a 225% increase. When in all reality, it only jumped up $9. That is still 225% um, of a $4 of a $4 item, right? So if when you put it into context, it's not all that insane. I think obviously May 3rd, the $4, uh, $4 price point, just an anomaly, kind of a freak sale or two. Um, you know, it's not something to really take too seriously. And uh, while the numbers may look insane, in all actuality, it's it's not quite as ridiculous as as it kind of looks. So I didn't post this 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 entire article on my Instagram quite yet. So I'm gonna, of course, not be obviously accessing Instagram on this, uh, which is why it may look a little bit different than normal if you are watching this. So here we go. We are first gonna be talking about. Whoa. My microphone just fell off. I don't know how that happened, but (laughs) sorry about that, you guys. But anyway, our first guy that we're going to be talking about is John Collins. So John Collins took a pretty significant step up this week, both in his performance and actually his prices. Uh, He officially broke the $30 barrier, which I don't think has happened for a pretty long time. Let's actually look at this real quick. Uh, The last time he was at $30 was on April 12th. And other than that, the other time before that was March 22nd. So it obviously has actually been 
a relatively long time since we've seen him hit this price point. So after a bad performance on May 5th, he actually had two great back-to-back games, scoring 25 and 28 points on very good efficiency. And when I say very good efficiency, I'm talking about a game where I don't think he missed a single three-point shot. And in both games, I think he scored over 65% from the field, which is ridiculous. I mean, even for a big man, that is insane. Um, I mean, now, of course, everyone has games like that. No one averages typically, um, you know, a field goal percentage that high, but it's still very good to see, especially right now, because he's kind of catching fire at the right time as we're slowly approaching the playoffs, which is another reason why I think prices are jumping up, right? We're slowly approaching the playoffs and it's a pretty even race right now. And I don't think a lot of people want to commit too much money to whatever Kevin Durant or LeBron James or anything like that, even though they may already have cards there, they may not want to double down on those investments, especially with the uncertainty overall in the basketball market or the sports card market in general, as we're kind of experiencing a correction. So I think people are kind of just putting their money into slight gambles like Collins, right? The Atlanta Hawks offensive powerhouse team, they could definitely upset a team or two or make a solid deep run, maybe to the second round uh, and be competitive there or if they're lucky maybe they make um maybe they make it to the conference finals and some people are willing to put a little bit of money into these guys especially a guy like collins who's not going to be quite as expensive as trey young but is definitely one of their main options after trey young so he could experience a couple 20 point nights in a in a deep playoff run and maybe his prices see some pretty significant increases because of that and so people are willing to put a little bit of a little bit of money to a slight gamble like john collins Next guy that we'll be talking about is going to be Rui Hachimura. I wanted to talk about him more or less for what happened last week than this week. Um, There isn't necessarily a ton that was exciting with him this week, but I think he's still worth mentioning regardless, right? So we saw cards hit a recent low point at $11.25. What's trackable on the Starstock Emerging Emerging 30 Index, there is no sale or no week where the price is lower than where where it was uh, on April 26th at $11.25. But then his cards did recover with a 24.4% jump up to $14.00 after that week right and i think obviously this was just a bit of a correction because prices were at an all-time low so people were willing to pay more money for them because it's like look it's at, it's at the bottom i'm willing to buy now especially if i think he, if I, especially if i think he's a good player or especially because the washington wizards have been improving and are actually in the playoff race and still being very competitive in the eastern conference which i did not expect whatsoever um, and so people are willing to put a little bit of money into him, especially because prices were low. So it's not quite as risky as it used to be before. But on top of that, Rui also did have a very nice 20, uh, 27 point game and a blowout win over my Indiana Pacers, unfortunately. But uh, that might have helped obviously boost his prices just slightly. Now, these next two guys that we're going to be talking about kind of very, it's it's something that we don't see very often, to say the least, where two triple-digit guys, and we actually talked about this last week, two triple-digit guys actually experience dips in their prices, one of them much more significant than the other. So Jason Tatum is an oxymoron, as I put it, and I'll explain why in a couple of minutes. Um, Tatum had been balling out just last week, right? I mean, he had his 60-point uh, night, which was the career high both for him and the highest career night for anybody in his draft class. Very impressive night from him. Um, he's he's been absolutely on fire, and he's played very very well. But the team just really has not been playing well 
necessarily like at all. They, they were at, I think like the seventh or sixth seed and they've still been there right now. You know, they're floating around 500, just slightly around 500. Um, and it's, it's a disappointing season from the Boston Celtics to say the least. And I think that this 7.6% drop going from, uh, above $200 at 215 to below $200. Uh, I think that might've been some investors dumping their Tatum cards before the playoffs because they no longer like the Celtics chances at winning a title. And honestly, it's a very, very, very good thing that they did that because Jalen Brown is now out for the rest of the year, meaning he's not going to be here for the playoffs, therefore decreasing the Boston Celtics chances at potentially making a finals appearance or getting out of the first round even, right? And the final guy that we're talking about, very, very, very significant drop, Zion Williamson. He he needs some wins, right? So for a three-digit card to see a drop like this at 35.5% is quite drastic. And this is not, you know, a guy like I think John Morant is floating around $190 or Trey Young is floating around that price point. This is this was almost a $400 card experiencing a 35.5% dip, which is that's that's pretty insane. That's pretty much a $130 loss, I think. Uh, $130.57, I think, to be exact, if my calculations are correct, right? So that's a pretty insane drop-off uh, for, if we're being completely honest with ourselves. So Zion has finally proven that he's a scoring force to many NBA fans, right? He's just physically unstoppable. The guy's a freak of nature. But the Pels cannot win a single game. I think they are currently like the 12th seed in the Western Conference, maybe the 11th seed. And that's just not good enough, especially for a guy of his caliber. Now, it's his second year in the league. I'm not going to say he's going to end up being like Charles Barkley, never winning a ring or whatever. He never makes the playoffs or anything like that. No, not at all. But for a lot of the short-term investments, investors out there, which a lot of these, uh, a lot of times these sales are coming from short-term investors, it's not a good sign, right? And I think that this was some people trying to just get out of Zion Williamson's cards while they can, so that way they could potentially reinvest that money into whatever, football or baseball. Now that baseball is going on, right, maybe they want to put some money into hockey. Basically, they just want to get out of the football market right now or just get out of Zion Williamson's cards at the moment. And I think that's why we're seeing such a drastic drop-off. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw an increase um, this next week. I'm not guaranteeing it, though, because, of course, we are approaching the end of the season and the Pelicans are not making the playoffs. So I wouldn't be betting and I wouldn't be betting or gambling on the fact that prices are going to increase next season. But I am saying I would not be too shocked if it did happen. Um, before I end this episode, I just want to make sure that there's no one else to talk about. MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., of course, experienced a recent all-time high at $85. I wanted to talk about him a little bit, but I've talked about him enough the past couple of weeks, and I think that you know we should move on to some other guys. And honestly, other, other than that, no one else to really – no one else that is – significantly worth mentioning. I will say I'm a bit surprised that Lonzo's prices are dropping considering how well he's playing right now. But of course he's in a very similar case as Zion where he's a solid player, but the team is really poor. Uh, they're not getting any wins. And of course that doesn't help uh, his prices by any means. Uh, so I think that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys did enjoy it. Um, you know, thank you guys for watching and I will see you guys next week. Thank you.